Hello and welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast episode 105. My name is Eleanor Goodman, I'm Deputy Editor at Metal Hammer and I'm here with a very special guest, Ollie Winneberg. Hello, how you doing? Good thanks, how are you Ollie? I'm good, the last time I saw you we were on a little stage together. Yes. And we were hosting a, well, I was hosting a panel that you were on and we were talking about all things metal, rock and everything in between and here we are doing the same. How lovely. Nice. I know. What a lovely time. <laughs> and Ollie is from BBC Introducing Essex. Yeah, um, yeah, BBC Music Introducing in Essex and um, BBC Radio 1 and uh, Spotify and TV and the list is beginning to be quite large. Well, let's have a good time today. Some good metal <laughs> chat. <laughs> so Alan Partridge, yes. Love it. So... First of all, we've got to talk about the new issue of Metal Hammer, which is on sale this week. And we're so excited because we've got Nightwish on the cover. We tell the story of human to nature. We have a big sit down with Flora and Thomas. We actually went to Lapland to go and chat to them, uh, which was pretty cool. uh, Full of ice and snow and a really good setting to talk about their next record. The issue also comes with a free Nightwish laptop sticker, an art print and a pin badge. So if you're a Nightwish fan, this is something that you actually need in your actual life. (laughs) Also in the magazine, we celebrate 50 years of Black Sabbath, the metal founders themselves. We dive into the new Code Orange record. We've got a really emotional interview that we did with Chester Bennington. That's all about his friend Chris Cornell, which was his final interview for Metal Hammer. It's a really nice read, actually, obviously quite difficult given the subject matter, but something that we're really proud to to have in there to honour both of those guys. We go to Paris with Sepultura. We fly to Norway to hang out with Ishan. We find out what's going on with Suicide Silence. There's loads in there and there's loads more. There's Satyricon, Alice in Chains, Slipknot, Behemoth, Five Finger Death Punch, Twin Temple, Sabaton and more. You can buy that at tinyurl.com slash buyhammer or just go and buy it from a shop. Are you going to buy it, Ollie? I'm going to buy it. Sabaton are in there. Yes, Ghost Division. <laughs> what a tune. That it's, is such it's a great tune. Warrior Metal at its absolute finest. I saw them live a few years ago when they were supporting Dragon Force. And it was unfortunate that um, Sabaton were wanted back on stage for the encore and Dragon Force were not. And that it was a real event that happened in sunny South End. Well, there you go. All the way from Essex. <laughs> So there's so much in that issue. Go pick that up. Enjoy your Nightwish pin badge, your Nightwish art print, your Nightwish laptop sticker and all the other cool stuff. And if you're thinking of subscribing to Hammer, we've got a special offer for you guys. You can pick up a subscription to Metal Hammer with a special code MHPOD20 and get three issues for only a pound. To do this, visit www.myfavouritemagazines.co.uk or call... 03448482852 and quote the code MHPOD20. So get on that subs offer now. Ollie. Hello. <laughs> why don't you tell us what you do? <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, hello, my name is Ollie Winnieberg. I'm a presenter for BBC Music Introducing. I present the Essex Show. Uh, I'm a presenter for BBC Radio One. Uh, I'm also a television presenter for a programme called Rising, which is a um, brand new TV show uh, supporting emerging international talent. Um, and I am newly a curator for Spotify via Music Gateway. So, I put on um, a weekly uh, playlist called Heavy Hooks, which is essentially 30 heavy records that I'm really digging, uh, de- 
digging, should I say. Uh, <laughs> a digging, digging. It's been a long day. I thought you said something else then, actually. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. Let's, that's Not sure weird. what that says about me. Look, uh, do you know what? This, uh, this is my, I'm losing my podcast virginity as we speak. I've oh, never done a podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. So, do you know, this is a special moment. So I'm, I'm capturing it in myself. Nice to um, be the first. Yes, exactly. Right. Someone's got to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're all the things I do. And um, I'm on a bit of an internal mission within the music industry to kind of bridge the gap between the people that can help with the people that need help. And I'm all about equality and everybody helping each other out and making it one big, happy music industry. You're about bringing the community together. Of course, someone's got someone's got to. Good times. Well, have you been into any gigs recently? Because I know you support a lot of emerging artists, right? That's one of the things you yeah. do on... Your yes. Show. Yeah, of course. So um, I was invited to to, down to the Tufnell Dome to go and see Florence Black, um, who are a band from Wales. And my God, do they rock. They're like a three piece um, kind of really actually li- nice guys when you're talking to them. Very sort of humble, as most actually metal guys are. Yeah, I think they are really. Yeah. Um, and they played this show and I was absolutely blown away by their kind of musical ability that what attitude. do they sound like imagine a heavier audio slave i think that's anyway. that's like the the way i have to describe them the, the groove is unbelievable it's just it's like audio slavey nirvana um very kind of sludgy metal you know i don't know if that kind of is making sense by the look on your mm. face it's not no um, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm trying to imagine it deep within my mind um i'm a big fan of audio slave so if somebody drops the audio slave in there it yeah. does make me want to go and have a listen well they're gonna they, they're actually gonna be huge like they're managed by padge who's the lead guitarist of bullet and you know anything that padge touches within metal tends to turn to gold a little bit so i think that these guys are on to something very very special so my advice see them while tickets are cheap because soon it will be too expensive to go and see them <laughs> that's interesting because probably for some listeners if it's to do with bullet they'll be all over it for other listeners that would be a bit of a turn off but from what you said <laughs> they don't sound like bullet they sound different no they don't they don't sound like bullet at all and i think that's a really good move for not only um padge and jen the managers but also for the band as well because to be doing something too similar um to what bullet are doing i think would be a massive conflict of interest for everybody involved so i think it's good that everybody's coming at this from a, a new and exciting angle so that's florence black florence black Great. Well, I went to a festival over the weekend in snowy Norway. I saw on your Instagram in story. I was really Oslo. quite jealous. It was so Norway-ish. It was re- Nordic. That's the word, isn't it? Um, yeah, it snowed while I was there, which was kind of cool. Um, and it was like a music industry convention with sessions from people like Bruce Pavitt from Sub Pop and mm. Ramstein's booking agent. And then in the evening, there were all these new bands that played, some from Norway and some from other countries. So you can read about my adventures on metalhammer.com. But there are a few bands there that stood out as being interesting. Um, there was a band called Nyrst, which is N-Y-R-S-T. I don't think they've got a lot of music out right now. Can I just tell you, you've made my dyslexia have a complete rave in my head. By just <laughs> Nyrst. <laughs> like, well, okay. Nyrst. N-Y-R-S-T. And they played in this tiny venue. I think it's like 180 capacity while nice. it was snowing outside. Nice. So there was this frosty blizzard and they came on and there is classic black metal. Obviously they had corpse paint on and they had like torn sackcloth kind yeah. of cowl type things on. And there was nothing like particularly 
uh, what's the word? Nothing particularly crazy about them. They okay. were kind of good, solid black metal. But the singer was just had this real persona going on. He did not break it. Like he was making these really like corpsey guttural noises like between songs when he wasn't even singing he was going like uh... sure he wasn't trying to cover up a fart or something no he was literally just like <laughs> making this noise like he was an actual corpse and his hands were all painted with like oh. uh black and he was like clutching the microphone with like his skeletal fingers that's so weird but it was literally like between songs just going like uh... and it's like he really doesn't want to break character like he's fully in the zone maybe he's an actor Maybe. I mean, that would explain why. I, it's I'm so getting. Good, it, I'm it? getting. I'm definitely getting extras vibes. <laughs> but they, yeah, they were like. I thought fair play because he's fully committed to <laughs> to what he's doing. So, but like the Slipknot guys are as well, right? With their masks. Yeah, sure. And yeah, they yeah, do. yeah. So I guess it's kind of similar vein. Yeah, I mean, most bands are, and like you know, when they came on in the sort of sackcloth stuff, it sort of reminded me of like Behemoth and what they do. Oh, sorry guys, <laughs> I forgot to turn my phone off. And you told me to turn mine on silent. I've actually been texted uh, by Merlin, who's not here today, as you might have noticed. So uh, I'm going to tell him off later for texting me. Um, so yeah, they were cool. I'd keep an eye on them because mm. you never know what's going to happen. What are they called again? Yes. I'm never going to remember this. <laughs> I think. Don't quote me on this because it could be wrong. But somebody told me it means. Uh, it's something in Icelandic to do with like being the furthest north that you can be or something like that. Okay. It's something like super black metal. <laughs> but I should really fact check that. What is going on today? Um, another couple of other bands, I'll quickly go through them. There's one called Danger Face. If you like Cavell Attack, you're going to love Danger Face. They're a bit like sort of Cavell Attack plus a little bit of the Bronx, Cancer Bats and Gallows. And they just kind of barrel around on stage and just be just being like a party band really and they're called danger face so that's pretty good <laughs> that this sounds like a superhero yeah. it actually really does <laughs> danger face what's his superpower just having a dangerous face yeah how do you <laughs> how does somebody even like make that assumption uh hang on i can't let you in you've got a dangerous face <laughs> I mean, I feel like it would look different to everybody as well. Like everyone had their own image of what a dangerous face is. It'd it's be different subjective. for you and me. Yeah, yeah. it's so subjective. And maybe that's the beauty of the band. Maybe they're so subjective. They corner every uh, corner of the music industry. Yeah. No, maybe not. Maybe uh, not. They're just a really good party band. Good. <laughs> so put on your danger face and go and see them. Um, there's another band called Spurv and they were, which is S-P-U-R-V. You probably don't pronounce it like that. It, they're from Norway. I probably got that horribly wrong. They're a post-metal band and the thing that's different about them is they have a trombonist. So okay. they do like post-metal and as the crescendos get really big, they like just put some trombone in there. It gets really loud. That is, yeah. I, 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 can, I can see how that would work. It's pretty good, yeah. So anyway, metalhammer.com to read more about that. And should we do some news? Do it. Yeah. You need a jingle. Da, 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 da. No, sorry. I'm just making this up. That was all right, actually. Did you like that? Do you want me to do it quietly while you read it? Uh, <laughs> I think you're going to get really tired. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to get super tired. So, uh, Ghost. Do you, what do you know about Ghost? You're a Ghost fan? Um, I, 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 I get it to, to a degree. Like, I've heard snippets of the band. I can't sit here and say that I'm a, I'm a mega fan, but I can't sit here and say you know it's it's just through social circles and and having heard bits but maybe they've come up once or twice on like uh my weekly discover weekly on spotify things yeah. like that but i i'm not emotionally invested enough to 
really make a decision on them. Okay, well, this may or may not change your mind. Like, we are pretty emotionally invested in Ghost. And do you know about them having a different papa every time? You, I We've spoken about this, but right. tell me. So they always have a singer who's called Papa Emeritus. And he has a numeral after him, depending on which number he is in the line of succession. But recently they've had Cardinal Copier or Cardi C, and he's been the Cardinal and a singer. But now something very exciting has happened because last night on stage, he, Cardinal Copier was anointed and is now Papa Emeritus IV. (laughs) So he's gone from being a Cardinal, he wasn't quite there, to getting a massive promotion in the clergy. So all the nuns surrounded him on stage and took off his clothes and then he turned into Papa Emeritus IV with his very regal robe and then they played uh, Con Clavi Con Dio, which is one of their classic tracks. That sounds like it was unbelievably, um, probably astonishing to watch, but also extremely cabaret. Yes, it is. So that's what ghosts do. Like they're very theatrical. Mm-hmm. So like this is peak ghost. And <laughs> really, I mean, this is super exciting because we all knew that he'd probably be a papa. Okay. And now he is. But it's also like what's going to happen next? Because we know from previous ghost stories that the papa doesn't hang around for too long. This is like Doctor Who. It is, yeah. It it's, is, yeah. It's like the the metal version and the slightly medieval version of uh, Doctor Who. It is. That's a good spot. Thanks. So it's like, you know, a lot of people have got quite attached to Cardi C and now he's a papa. But what's going to happen next? Are we going to get another cardinal or another papa? Are they going to unseat him at some point? How long will his moment of glory last? <laughs> well, th- this is actually what we're living in with these guys from what you're saying is actually not only is it a bit of a Doctor Who analogy that I just said a moment ago, but also are we now living real life Spinal Tap where they're going to have 37 members? Like, is it- Well, no, because they've killed them off. Oh, that's yeah. just lovely. So well, you... the drummers in Spinal Tap don't make it. <laughs> so that's true. Well, yeah, they're all dead. So um, they've been put in coffins and everything this is... for people to see, to actually see the corpses of them. So, they, you know, they're not coming back. Well, you know, anything can happen in this world. They could come back as ghosts or be reanimated. God could maybe, like, you know, uh, make them have a a bit of a Jesus moment or whatever. So we never is, know. This is like Doctor Who meets the Walking Dead. But you need to you need to do your ghost research because there's a lot of ghost lore. I'm actually going to. I'm going there's to. There's a lot of ghost lore that you can get stuck into. Um, but yeah, we do you want to do the next news story? What else is going on right now this week? Um, 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 are we on Trivium with their new song? Let's do and that. their new video. <laughs> I, I, I did warn you, dyslexia. <laughs> you give me a script and I don't get the opportunity to read it. Fun things will happen. Let's do Trivium. Let's Have do you trivium. seen that they've yes. got a new song? Yes. Catastrophist. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. The video? Yes. What do you think? I think it was a ballsy move to throw out a seven and a half minute video the track is obviously six and a half minutes you've got that kind of minute at yeah the beginning. it's long isn't it i'm a fan of long songs um you know i'm a great believer that songs don't need lyrics to tell a story um i i love um you know dream theater one of my favorite bands i feel like i've just potentially killed off a lot of potential fans by you've, saying that you've spoken at length to me about dream theater Especially, so let's yeah. let's not cover that now but we can return to that another time true but but honestly i i think that the um, product that they've delivered in this track shows how much creative control they've still got over their music and the production is 
unreal. Their drummer, Alex, is one of the best living drummers in the, you know, I, I think, um, you know, put him up uh, alongside John Bonham and, and Simon. In fact, he's probably, for me, the perfect cocktail of Lars Ulrich meets Simon Phillips from Toto. His precision on the kit is astounding. I feel like they're very obscure references that you just put together. Simon Phillips is a, he's a an amazing drummer. I mean, I know that we're not going to talk about Toto. Yeah, could, that's the thing. <laughs> but like, you know, Rosanna watching. Um, but with Simon Phillips is an amazing drummer. Uh, Lars Ulrich is, you know, infamous in the in the world of metal with his kind of signature sound of Metallica. Um, but I, I think that yeah, his his approach to the kit and the way he plays is is just unreal. Um, and he's the youngest member of the band as well. Mm. So like he's he's younger than me. It makes me feel so old. Um, but I think it's good to have a, a young drummer. It keeps the rest of the band going. You mentioned the production as well. I mean, like that's something that Trivium usually really like nail, isn't it? They're very slick with what they do. Like they've always yeah. been like we are super metal, but also it's been like quite shiny and yes. Um, it's obviously the last record, the Sin and the Sentence. I loved it because it just had all these hooks in it. Mm -hmm. Like it was heavy and it had heavy sections, but then it just had like a ton of hooks as well. Where I feel like this song as well, it's got like a big chorus hook. I, yeah, I, I agree. I found the chorus to be very kind of magnetic at points. Um, it took me in real time, probably about three or four listens to get to grips with what it was. Yeah. Um, I'm, I always, when a new song comes out, but like from personal preferences to always listen to the track before I watch the video. Right, yes, yeah, um, so you've not got any outside influences. Yes, but I tell you what, for, the, for those of you that haven't seen the video, um, do check it out because the, the big the big twist at the end is so cool. Like, there is a really twist, good. yeah. It's like a comment on stuff, isn't it? Like it starts off and there's a woman in the forest basically tied down and having to escape what's happening to her. And yes. Matt Heafy's watching it on a TV while mm -hmm. he's playing his guitar, just casually. And yeah, it's like George. It's like George Orwell's 1984 meets Saw. That, yeah, I could see the Saw. <laughs> Not the eight nineteen with everyone. Oh, every, oh, everyone's surveillance like, cameras. Yeah, yeah like sure. everyone's watching, yeah. and yeah. you know, it's like, is this for entertainment? You know, yeah. But, uh, but maybe we've dive too deep into that one I don't no, know there's definitely levels going on there yeah and I'm curious to see how that's going to play out on the record because they've got a record coming out called uh what the dead men say and um yeah interested to see where they're going with that so exciting times from Trivium and I'm sure we'll hear more very soon yeah I love Trivium uh we've got some weird stuff happening at the moment in the world haven't we we've got the coronavirus outbreak yeah and on the train up so many masks Really? So honestly, so many masks, you wouldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, I think they're becoming more and more prevalent now as the news cycle kicks into overdrive. I really like that word. I'm going to use it. Prevalent. What? Great word. <laughs> well done. I'm glad I could help you no, thanks. form like, your dictionary. No, my vocab's a bit a bit limited at times and, I, and that's worrying being a radio presenter. But um, yeah, no, prevalent. Like it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been, it's all a bit weird at the moment with what's going on. And a few bands have been changing their plans because of it. So Lacuna Coil have just cancelled tour dates because they've had an outbreak in uh, their home region of Italy. And the Italian date of the Testament Exodus Death Angel show is being cancelled. So we kind of just have to see what happens going forwards. Obviously, every area is being affected by this at the moment. There are some travel restrictions on certain places like Italy where there's been a more severe outbreak. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of people having to self-isolate if they have symptoms and all the rest of it. So we're just going to have to see how this plays out in the world, let alone in 
metal. <laughs> but um, Christina was posting on Instagram and um, almost kind of defiantly, and it's quite nice really, she's sort of posting pictures about how much she loves Italy and um, that's cool to see because, um, you know, she's sort of trying to take the positives from it and send out positive messages. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to kind of look on the positive side if you can. And Christina is a legend. So hopefully we'll see them soon. Uh, and one more news story. Deftones. Are you a Deftones fan, Ollie? No. And I'm so <sighs> sorry. I'm so sorry. So disappointed. I know. I... What is wrong with you? I, look, the beauty of music is, you know, is subjective. And thankfully, the gatekeepers of metal allow us to have access to hundreds and thousands of bands rather than just a handful. And um, yeah, unfortunately, Deftones don't tend to make it in, into my kind of weekly listening. Well, I completely agree with your sentiment, but I also think you're very wrong. <laughs> so Frank Delgado, the keyboardist, he said that uh, their next record is basically done. It's the follow-up to 2016's Gore. And he says, it's a Deftones record, which I know that sounds cliche or cheesy, but we've never put up any walls. We've always gotten together to see what happens. And as long as everyone is together and happy and in good shape, we're good. And there was a lot of that, which is a very long way of saying it's another Deftones record. I tell you what, I'll go and see them live. You when should. they're next here, I'll go and see. No, I'm going to let you sort me out tickets. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I will go and see them live with you, and then you can show me why you love them so much. But I'm not going to talk or interact with you at all during the whole gig. So That's fine. I'll be at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> well, then yeah. in that case, you won't be enjoying them. No, no, I will. I will. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, but yeah, for all Deftones fan. New Deftones is coming. Get excited. That's going to be a thing soon. So. Hello. Album of the week. Okay. We have an album this week. Very exciting album. It is the new Body Count album. Are you excited? I'm excited about what I've heard. I'm genu genuinely... Um, 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 you, you use the word digging a lot, so I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to steal that. Yeah, I think... Um, it's an interesting sound. Um, I have only heard, well, you were with me when I was listening to it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard probably in real time about 48 seconds of the entire uh, new album. But from what I've heard, um, yes, very interesting stuff. Production wise, very similar to Trivium's new sound. Um, so that's a really geeky pickup point from my point of view. But um, again, production sounded great, but um, the sound itself sounded cool. Big, slick metal album. It is called Carnivore and obviously the follow-up to Bloodlust, which came out a few years ago. And it just goes really hard from the off. I played you the beginning. You did? Yeah. What did you have any first impressions? It's like an audible roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out heavy. Yeah. And vegans might want to look away because the first bit of Carnivore, he just sort of talks about eating meat. Uh, in very typical iced tea kind of way. We should say, actually, Body Count, if you don't know, they're iced tea's metal band. I, I have to, I'm throwing it out there. I'm going to wave my little metal white flag. Didn't know this. I did not know this at all. Um, the fact that iced tea is in metal proves that anyone can play in drop D and get away with it. Well, he's a massive metal <laughs> fan. And he's had loads of metal records. Um, so they started in the 90s. And I think they've had like six records or something now. Uh, I'm going to quickly check that. They've had... I thought it was seven. This is their seventh. Yeah. This is their seventh record. And they started in... 92. 
92. Yes, I do know This them. is like a little test because this is, is all the stuff we were talking about. So yeah, they're Ice T's band and he just, uh, he loves metal and he always pays um, tribute to metal by covering metal bands on his records. And he talks about a lot of um, the sort of similar themes to it in his uh, work as Ice T, which is about um, uh, racism, cops, um, a lot of societal issues and he also literally just tells things how they are if he wants to have a rant he'll just go on a rant and that's what he'll do um, you might remember his cover of Institutionalised a few years back um, where he was just like ranting about a sandwich um, if you've not heard that go and listen to that he's something to be passionate about yeah, he, he is, uh, yeah, he's, he's a passionate guy. So this album is cool. As I would say it's sort of quite a typical body count album. There's a lot to really love on here and there's a lot to get excited about and there's a lot to get surprised about. Um, the first song, Carnival, like I said, <laughs> vegans might want to look away. He sort of starts off about talk, eating meat and sort of the circle of life and carnivores, uh, you know, eating meat and that's how things work. But then he goes on to use that as a metaphor about like, um, the dog eat dog world we kind of live in and people mm-hmm. going after other people so there's more to it than just his his rant um, very similar to trivium's uh video actually <laughs> very similar you're linking literally everything back to trivium's video it's because i'm quite excited about it do, do you need to talk about it some more and get it out of, no no off, no no but i'm just system. thinking actually like what you're saying about the societal issues are very um still might have still it's obviously there's obviously a theme an unspoken theme that's going on through every kind of metal band's um head at the moment where you know things like those as you said a moment ago the kind of societal issues and and yeah they, they kind of there seems to be a bit of a well i think everybody theme. is picking up on the political situation we find ourselves in around the world mm-hmm. but i think obviously ice tea was like one of the originals to talk about race relations and, um, you know, gang violence and um, police brutality. So for him, it's more like a continuation of like what he's done his entire career, but he's, he does it really, really well. So a lot of people now who are talking about these issues would do well to look to Ice-T really. Um, But he's got more guests. So on Bloodlust, that was out in 2017, he had pretty cool cast of dave mustaine max cavalera and randy blythe i mean that's good if you can open your phone book and do that (laughs) and he's got some really good guests on this record as well he's got riley gale from power trip who if you don't know them they're a modern thrash band they're on hammer tour a couple of years back he's got jamie jaster obviously from Hatebreed, and jamie is like you know always the kind of person who does really good guest spots because he just gets on there and just like rages um if you remember, he was on Berry Tomorrow one a couple of years back and he was raging on that. Uh, perhaps the most surprising one is Amy Lee on a song called When I'm Gone, um, which I'll come back to because that was okay. interesting. But the right, yeah, the Riley Gale, he's on a, this song called Point the Finger, which is like super thrashy as you'd expect from like those guys. And it's about uh, police killing innocent people, shooting first and asking questions later. Uh, I'd say that's like a sort of, again, as we spoke about, sort of classic body count sort of theme. And it's a really hard hitting song which uh, you just get really fired up when you listen to mm-hmm. it. Jamie Jester, I played you that briefly, uh, Another Level. Yes. It's the one that's got a really, it opens with like a really cool doomy riff and it sounds like For Who the Bell Tolls slow, slow okay. down. Okay, okay. And I think, again, like he really wears his influences on his sleeve. He, he just is really out about the fact he likes metal and, you know, he's always been influenced by like Metallica and suicidal tendencies. And there's this really cool doomy riff um, and 
then Jamie, obviously Jamie Jaster often talks about like PMA, you know, his lyrics are often about fighting through situations yeah. and it really works on her because he says like the lyrics are um, kind of like, uh, I didn't fall to negativity. I stayed strong. I pushed past all adversity and hate. I elevated my grind. I rose above the pain. I came out conquered, never quit. Now you're hating because I'm winning and you fucking lost. You said I'd never be shit and now I'm on another level. So it's one of these kind of fist pumping ones where you're like, yeah, like you said, I would never amount to anything, but look, this happened to me. I'm awesome now. I, though, very strong lyrics. I mean, what's odd for me is that, um, in that, is that I can't believe you swore. <laughs> me? Such, yeah. I swear all the I'm time. So, I know, you don't I want to hang around me uh, if you don't like swearing. Well, no, it's because obviously I come from a background of radio and you know when that red light goes on, you are not allowed to swear, whatever <laughs> happens. And then I was listening to your podcast for, I've been listening for like a, a little while actually. And um, yeah, and, I, and when you started swearing, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're swearing. But yeah, that just basically uh, highlights. You're allowed to swear in here. A it's a safe space you can swear in. Thanks. Go for it if you want to swear. Um, <laughs> What did you think about the bit you heard of Another Level? Were you into it? Um, yes. I mean, look, I I, I think that um, I, I... Hang on. I need to reword this. Sorry. Yes, I was into it. Um, I would be interested to hear more. I think that's... I know that I feel I'm giving... That's a really kind of elusive and vague answer to your question. And I'm aware of that. But I don't want to commit to something here <laughs> on the metal hammer podcast before i've actually had the opportunity to make an informed decision i think that's one of my favorite ones but then yeah this amy lee collaboration this is kind of crazy uh it's a really interesting song actually and ice comes on at the beginning and he says he explains the song and he explains what it is he says, during the making of this album, I received the unfortunate news that Nipsey Hussle was murdered in Los Angeles. If you don't know who Nipsey Hussle is, give him a Google. He's a mainstream rap artist. Um, he was obviously uh, murdered by somebody. Um, and he says, Ice-T says, it really hurt me. And then the outcry of love and support after his death was incredible. And it inspired me to write this song. Tell the people that you love that you love them now. Oh, that's a lyric. Sorry. Sorry, guys. But yeah, he's, nice basically, line, though. he's basically saying um, this is a tribute to Nipsey Hussle. And yeah, he was he had his life taken from him outside his uh, like clothing store uh, in like the afternoon in daylight. And uh, I'm not really sure if they've really found out exactly what happened and what the motivation was there. But um, again, that's quite an iced tea thing to do to pay tribute to somebody that he respected mm. and amy lee is full evanescence in this one in the chorus she really comes in and it's quite like bring me to life mm -hmm. um it's not sort of like a throwing down vibe it's more of like early 2000s amy lee vibe and i'm really into it i'm not sure everyone is going to like it to be honest if you want something like um you know the the song with riley gale and or jamie jaster you've got those but i i'm really into this amy lee one okay Okay, I, yeah, I'm thinking back to those kind of early 2000s. Um, there was definitely a vibe at the time, wasn't there? With like that kind of sound that Evanescence was giving, yeah. like Drowning Pool and stuff. I mean, Drowning Pool Sinner, what an amazing album. Like for every grunge kid going, like that was that was a pinnacle of... I mean, I'm not sure I put them next to Amy Lee, but I get what you mean about the period. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, I think like... Do you like Amy Lee? You're a fan? Um. Yes, but again, I think that the the older 
the older stuff yeah. at that kind of time. But I yeah. think that's because I was m- more into sort of that that period of, of music back then. And I think my, my ears have um, <laughs> been tempted elsewhere since. I reckon if you're into the old school Amy Lee stuff, you're going to love this song. Uh, like I said earlier, Ice-T always pays tribute to people he loves. And it's a tribute to Lemmy on here, Ace of Spades. Yes. It's a typical kind of run through the song, like no surprises there, but it's kind of cool he's done that. There's also like a new metaled up version of Ice-T's Colours, which was released in 1988 on a soundtrack to the action crime film Colours, directed by Dennis Hopper, all about the gangs of LA. It's interesting. So um, that's cool. He's obviously felt the need to revisit that. And if you're like the original one, um, but you like Mel as well, then this is for you. Uh, I'm learning so much. There's just like a load of (laughs) anger. I'm glad. (laughs) Um, There's just a load of iced tea anger on this record. I think what you're saying about like bands being angry at the moment about politics, like obviously he's always done it, but there's so much on this. Like the song Bum Rush sounds like a Rage Against the Machine song. Do you think that the band's in in, in position? I'm so sorry to interrupt you, by the way. Do it. Interrupt away. Bands have always... I say always, I'm, I'll reword that. Bands often put a political um, agenda perhaps behind their music. It's something that's been going on for a long time and it doesn't necessarily matter whether it's um, metal, hip hop. I mean, um, Sting's If I Ever Lose My Faith in You, you know, that is essentially, it's a bit bit of a political song, you know, saying that politi- politicians are, are like TV hosts and things like that. So I think there's always going to be a reoccurring theme I love how I've just referenced Sting at the, again on the Metal Have a Podcast. Yeah, where but, are these references coming from? Yeah, I know. Toto um, but, <laughs> but um yeah, I think bands will always try and push um a political agenda to a degree. I mean, I think for him it's an unmistakable part of life. Like, you know, he obviously has faced inequality and racism in his life. So it's literally like if that has been your experience, then it's going to hit even harder than somebody who's looking at it mm-hmm. from the outside. It's um, <laughs> like a classic iced tea line in the song, No Remorse. It's really angry. And he just says, if you were starving, I wouldn't fix you a hot bowl of shit. So oh. there you go. And then, yeah, there's a song about racism on there called The Hate Is Real, which is pretty powerful. And um, it has kind of, I think that's the one that has like clips from news reports. Um and I'm just quickly looking about it. But yeah, I think it kind of has clips from news reports about what's been going on. And um, it sounds quite a lot like Raining Blood, which was covered on the last record. So yeah, if you like Ice-T and you like Body Count and you like Thrash Metal and you like Slayer and you like Metallica, then this is the record for you. I'd say it's a really solid Body Count album and I'm going to be listening to it a lot. So I'd give it a good score. And I might imagine we, we <laughs> didn't have a we didn't have a scoring system. So well, out I can't of 10. actually out I can't, of 10, what would you give? Out of ten seems boring, but okay, yeah. Okay, out of sixty three. I'm not actually gonna give it a number or or anything. Got to. I'm just gonna say I, mean, I like it a lot. Okay. <laughs> do you like what you heard? I, I do, I do. I'm so I'm I just really wish that I could have heard more because I feel uneducated on the main subjects that you're talking about, <laughs> which is quite unbelievably frustrating. But you know, we can we can we can roll with it. But I also think um that that's cool because if you're interested in any of this, then you can just go listen to all his records. And then you've yeah. got a whole world to discover, which is always nice when you find a band you like and you get to go back oh, and listen to all their records. Do you know the best thing ever? 
is when you're like coming home from work or you're in the car or whatever on the train. And um, I'm a huge advocate for Spotify's Discover Weekly. I think that that is an amazing little Easter egg that they do. Other platforms are available. So, um, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, sorry. See, this is what I said. Podcast virginity. Um, and I think that when you find a band or a song and you it, you just it just kind of connects with every fiber yeah of you um like i was listening to a band called frost the other day i didn't even know they existed they were like a, a british um like a power house of a band like they were a super group and they were amazing they do this song called heartstrings and i was like oh my god it's like polyrhythm galore like there was so much going on in the mid eight. i don't even i don't think anybody knew what they were actually doing but that's like a bit of me that's what i'm all about i kind of i really enjoy that because i'm a massive geek um but when you find a song and you connect with it it's such a good feeling and whether it's signed or unsigned it doesn't matter i'm with you there shall we take some questions from our readers yeah and do you know should say listeners too readers and listeners okay um do you want to take the first one or shall i take the first one Oh, whatever you like. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Steady on, Eleanor. Do you want to uh, jump in there? We've got one from Sam Welch. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hello, Sam. He says, oh, I don't know if it's a he or a she. Okay. They say, the year is 2022. The world has gone to, I'm going to say poo. Brexit <laughs> was just the beginning and now former EU countries dare not to import slash export anything even music what this is some dystopian hell i like this uh with this in mind which european country are you moving to just for the bands and music okay straight away i know where i'm going go on then germany right i mean it's very metal country 100 mm-hmm. percent. what what's your reasoning well not only is it a ma- massive for metal and rock and actually everything in between um they've also got tresor which is an amazing club so Everybody wins. I've not been there. What's You've Tresor? never been to Dressor? I don't think okay. so. I've been to a couple of places in Berlin, but I didn't know where I was really. I so, just kind of went places. So Dressor is a um it's a three it's a three story club and it's probably the furthest thing you'll ever get from metal and rock. But if you have other interests outside of rock and metal, then Germany definitely caters for um, the musical listener that enjoys lots of different varieties of music. And Tressor is infamous because it's an abandoned warehouse turned into a club and uh, each floor plays something different. So it's very cool. That is very cool. I'm very Berlin. Yeah, Berlin, yeah. Like, yeah. In, yeah, yeah. So I have one foot in Germany as well because it's such a metal place. Mm-hmm. And last time I went there, I went to see, I've talked about this before, but I went to see Tool and it was on their first day of nice. the European tour. And there's like really good metal bars there. There's Halfords, which is obviously the Rob Halford themed bar. And not, on that, not the car place. <laughs> not the car place. And then within like five minutes of that, there are like two other metal bars. And so you can just walk down the street and just go to all the metal bars. Yeah. And I don't know what club I went to, but it was similar to that. It was like a warehouse type thing with several floors and it was playing like metal at the top, uh, like, um, what's it called? Like goth in the middle and then like older stuff, like older rock at the bottom. And I was dancing in the metal bit at the top and the Ramstein album had just come out and they played Pupper and yeah. everyone went mental. And I obviously can't really sing it, but everyone was singing it in German and I'm like, oh, I'm dancing to Pupper in Germany. <laughs> that was great. That's so amazing. I do have like one foot in Germany, but also I've never been there, but I really want to go to Sweden. Yeah. Okay. 
because that's a super metal country. Yes. And there's bands I like from there, like Opeth, At The Gates, In Flames, Arch Enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, I have a friend who lives there and he keeps sending me angry text messages because I'm going to like Norway and not Sweden. Right, He's like, okay. you're going to the wrong Nordic countries. Can we also say that like, you know, the UK is actually really good for prog as well. Like We're not allowed metal. to stay here. That's the thing. We're being pushed out Are we in actually this new dystopian world. Well, yeah. Has Sa- Sam said with this move. in mind? Oh, which European country? Oh, you're moving to... Oh, Sam. Yeah, we have to move. Come on. I wanted to... Oh, well. Okay. All right. <laughs> Germany for me then. And I, I'm hedging my bets between Germany and Sweden. Hopefully before the dystopia happens. No, I was going to say, you need to book your flight now. So you should be choosing. No, I'm going to like, before we get into the dystopian world, I'm going to visit Sweden and see okay. my friend and like <laughs> go and hang around there and see how I feel about it. But <laughs> Berlin's an amazing place. So probably just there. In- and it's very liberal too. And you've, you've, you know, you've got time because Sam's question clearly states the year is 2022. You've got, you've got at least 18 I've months. I've got two years. Yeah. Flights booked, packed, say yeah. goodbye to your family. Well, this that, has got actually a bit depressing. Sorry. I was going to say, I'm not <laughs> sure, I'm not sure if I would say goodbye to my family or if I'd bring them with me. But they might, do they like metal though? I mean, no, but. <laughs> yeah, come with me because like we're going to play on seven string guitars and basically have fun forever. But I mean, it, it doesn't have to be all metal all the time for them. It no. could just be metal for me. Okay. Yeah. You've really thought this through. I mean, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> as as long as it's a cool city, I think we're all good. I think Berlin's great. I I just love how like chill and arty it mm-hmm. is. From my from my limited time visiting there, I've been there a couple of times, but yeah. I like it. Andy Poole asks Reportedly, Ozzy wants to do a new album next month. With Ordinary Man being so good and what many thought would be his last album, what are your thoughts on another album so soon? I'd be worried it wouldn't be as good and he wouldn't retire in top form, which he deserves from his career and legacy. So Andy's basically saying the new Ozzy record is great and Ozzy wants to do another record, but should he do another record and risk tainting the legacy that he leaves behind? Because Ordinary Man is great. I love it. It's a cocktail that shouldn't work, but it does. What, when Elton got... and Ozzy together, like yeah. and Post Malone. Yes, yeah, but but um, yeah, it worked. It so worked. Um, you see, you're should... into the record. I'm really into Under the Graveyard. Like, I think that's a great song. Okay, T- yeah, I think the title track for me was it is because it was it was the first uh, release, wasn't it? Or was it not? Why do I feel like it wasn't? I'd have to Google that. Okay. Because it, they all kind of came out at a busy time yes. for us. And I just kind of thought there's stuff happening and it's interesting, but I'm going to wait till the record. So okay. I'm, not, I'm not really a good encyclopedia. No, no, that's fine. So Andy, forgive me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I, I, I think it may have been um, the first release. Um, and El, you think of Elton John, you know, I tend to think of like the Lion King and stuff, but when you throw Ozzy Osbourne, the, the father of metal, mm. um, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to collab with, with Elton on, on that particular track, uh, I think it really worked. Um, would, would he retire on top form if he did another album? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's pretty knackered now. Do you want another album? Um, I, I think I, I think he needs to, if he can, like physically i think he should maybe a, f- a few live shows and maybe that will prompt whether or not there's enough energy for another album it's different energy though isn't it because i think he was saying like how 
when he recorded this one, he got really tired because they were like pushing him and pushing him on his vocals. Yeah. But I imagine like going to a studio and writing is more achievable than being on the road, which is like yes. horrendously knackering. Yeah. So, I have, uh, yeah, I have no experience. I've, I think I've been in like one tour bus in my whole life. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's probably enough to be honest. I've <laughs> seen what tour buses are like. Yeah. Not very sanitary. Um, I think that, you know, Ozzy is old enough for a bus pass, you know, but he, he, he does he have the energy to, to put out another album? I, I don't know. Um, his legacy will always be positive because of what he's done. Um, he's had such an incredible life, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I mean, first off, he basically started what is now keeping up with the Kardashians <laughs> at home with the Osbournes. <laughs> so like, Sharon, like, what, like, I mean, what an amazing program that was. I don't think he had a butt lift though at any point. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's, I, I wonder if it's, we were talking off air about um, Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah. And Lemmy, I think he he kind of died at his absolute peak, you know, his best because he's Lemmy. He's that product, you know. And I think Ozzy Osbourne is now a, a, an infamous product, the father of metal, um, whereas Lemmy, you know, the father of rock and roll. Um, and I think iconic um people in 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 that these particular roles that they've they've built for themselves i don't think there's any worry that their legacy will be compromised on whatever they do i genuinely think ozzy osbourne could probably cover when two become one by the spice girls and people would still rate him as the father of metal i do it in like a way more metal way yeah i mean i always think that you've got to have the respect for people to like let them do what they want to do so with lemmy he wanted to play until he couldn't play anymore you know he would play and play and play and that's basically what he did like he played for most of his life and if Ozzy wants to go and make another Ozzy record because he's enjoying making Ozzy records and that's what he wants to do all power to him like you know do what you love because that's what life's about really isn't it a hundred percent do you know I once my uh, my first ever claim to fame was meeting Lemmy when I was 12 years old it was the most terrifying experience of my life how did it go um he well, it was before a show at the Hammersmith Apollo, um, and uh, or the Hammersmith Odeon, a um, legendary venue. Le- yeah, it was amazing. Um, and I waited backstage for ages to basically meet him. And um, I'm not sure actually how many 12 year old fans they had, um, because the majority of people waiting were sort of fairly kind of hairy, grown up men. Yeah. Um, but he was, ap- apart from in jest, telling me to F off because I kept asking for his autograph on a CD. He was actually lovely. Um, and But the whole kind of, when you when you met him, it was like, oh, wow, you're actually, to a, I mean, I was a child. Mm. It was actually a bit scary. Yeah. Uh, and I have photographic evidence of how terrified I was. Did he I, sign your CD? Yeah, he did. He signed Aww. loads of stuff for me. He was really sweet. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, cheers, Lemmy. That's for. a really nice memory. We have another question from Victor. So I had to put this through Google Translate on Twitter. So apologies, Victor, if this isn't exactly right. He says, a question that does not have an obvious answer. Is Kai Hansen the father of power metal? So Kai Hansen's the co-founder of Halloween. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would say, yeah. I mean, we've covered Halloween fairly extensively in Hammer and their album Keeper of the Seven Keys Part 2 is widely considered the best power metal album. And we celebrated it actually in our 50 years of metal issue that we did. Mm -hmm. And if you go online at metalhammer.com, 
You can read Chris Jericho talking about why it's his favourite. I didn't know Chris Jericho was so into his rock until about yeah, eight or nine it. years ago. He's like best buds with Mike Portnoy, isn't he? They like go to loads of shows together. He's like loves it all. Yeah, he's well into it. So not only is he a professional wrestler that can, you know, kind of beat people up on stage, he's actually really into his metal. And he has, do you know, he has a band called Fozzy? Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that I only found that out through Portnoy's Instagram when he was at a show <laughs> and he was like recording them live. And I thought... That's Chris Jericho. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think I actually think they're not a bad band. Yeah, well, the song Judas that he actually, Merlin sent me a clip on Twitter because um, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I sort of passively absorb it through him. And it was uh, Chris Jericho's entrance to the song Judas, but they had a gospel choir singing it. Okay, nice. So it was amazing because it's sort of like quite a new metal lead song almost, but it's got this really strong chorus. Yes. And they just had this like group of gospel singers breaking it down i was like wow this is pretty cool and apparently she just like asked if she could do it and they got her on to sing it wow. which was super super cool That's so amazing. i'm into it but what do you think about kai hansen um i i'm i'm, I'm in agreement with you i can't think of anybody else neither can i um because uh, that uh, keep of the seven keys was 1988 and obviously halloween formed before that and yeah. i i can't really think of a band that came before that that had the th impact that they no, had no no i i i'm in agreement i can think of bands after that have also of course been power metal but yeah yeah if you like power metal actually have a look out for a future issue of metal hammer because there's something pretty damn power metal coming out soon can that i've just been is? working on no secret secret ah. power metal feature coming to a Metal Hammer near you in about a month's time can i just tell you something about this question from or maybe Victor. two months actually so keep looking at Metal Hammer. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I need to I need to tell you something about Victor's question that is my favourite part of this whole podcast. Go on. Um, from Victor, brackets, in Spanish via Twitter. That's the best <laughs> bit. That's amazing. Shout out to our Spanish readers and Spanish listeners. Yeah. Um, oh, one, la one last question. This is a great <laughs> question. The question comes from Tyler Jacob Van Hooklon. Probably murdered your surname there. I'm sorry. He says, where do babies come from? Asking for a friend. If this person can use the internet to ask this question, they should. They, why did they not Google it? <laughs> Maybe they're ashamed because they don't have any knowledge of reproduction. That is... We're getting into some dark corners here, aren't we? Tyler just needs us at the Metal Hammer podcast to educate him on how babies are made. That's all he's asking. Okay, well, I'll let you do this. <laughs> because, um, yeah. Um, well, we just... Tyler, babies yeah. come from the stork. So the stork flies around and drops the babies off in basically wrapped up in like little bundled up sheets. Yeah. So the stork comes around, drops the baby onto the doorstep and it, then the parents, the parents come out and collect the baby or the parents and then everyone lives happily ever after. But... If you're a goth baby, those come from a crow. <laughs> so I was dropped off by a crow, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Actually, you I, I know that you have like gothic um, loves like with your music and stuff, but actually your image is not gothic. Well, I like to wear a lot of black. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't really go as far as velour. I'm more that, of like leather. Are you, you're a goth, but you're wearing minion socks. No, they're not minions. What socks. is that? It's Mr. Poopy Butthole. <laughs> We seen Rick and Morty? No. 
Okay, I thought it was a minion. No, it's Mr. Poopy Butthole. You're undressing in front of me. Uh, well, I'm undressing my boot. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, if you haven't seen Mr. Poopy Butthole, you probably need to Google him because I can't. I really don't explain think I want to. Here he is. Because imagine what's going to come up on Google Images. I mean, <laughs> maybe put in plus Rick and Morty. Yeah. Just to cover your back. I feel you like know? I don't get much time for like cartoons and stuff. And if I do, I'm definitely more of a family guy sort of guy. Oh, that went wrong years ago. No, no, it oh, didn't. It's so it... bad. No, it's so not. So terrible. It's ha- the worst. It was good for like two years in the like late 90s slash early 2000s. <laughs> Are you being serious? It's been terrible for like 15 years plus. They seem to be doing all right. It's terrible. I think Family Guy is hilarious. Um, but I think when it comes to things that are funny within music, absolutely nothing will ever beat Spinal Tap. David yeah. Brent's Life on the Road, a very close second. But when it when it comes to music and, you know, especially rock, um, Nigel Tufnell, I'm, I'm he, quite literally his biggest fan. Do you know what? It's funny you should say that because I was on an email chain with our writer, Dom Lawson, the other day. Shout out to Dom. And he referred to, I'm not actually going to say what it is. He made a spinal tap, rep, tap uh, spinal tap reference and I was really confused and he actually had to tell me what it is because I haven't watched it since I was a child. So I really need to go back and watch it as an adult, especially having worked in the music world and see how it all fits together. It's been many, many years. So Eleanor. I need, if, a, if I need a rewatch. Look, I'll tell you what, yeah. You're you're t- explaining to me about Ice T's band, okay? <laughs> so you you may have had one up on me there, but Spinal Tap is an an absolute must. In I fact, have seen it. I've seen you know the Tiny Stonehenge. I've seen the interband fallouts and things. But I think as a child slash young teenager, I probably didn't quite grasp the nuance of it and exactly what it was sending up. I just thought it was funny. So I definitely need to watch it as an adult now and kind of see what is going on. Spinal Tap is just, is perfect because if it, if you're a musician, um, it's amazing because there are so many little in-jokes. For example, um, on the track Big Bottom, every single member is playing the bass. And um, Derek Smalls, the actual bass player, is playing a double-necked bass. Amazing. So they've got... And and actually, um, Spinal Tap a few years ago, or so a few years ago, about 10 years ago, played the Live Earth gig. Oh, yeah. And they um, played Big Bottom. And what they did, which was... I laughed so much, I, my organs nearly fell out my bum. Shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, what they did, which was amazing, was they invited over the weekend every single bass player that was performing that weekend to come on stage with oh, them. amazing. So that for about eight solid minutes, they were going like, on the bass, James Hetfield, on the bass, so-and-so, on the bass. Like, it just kept going on and on. But the hilarious part was that all these bass players started actually, like, trying to solo and out-bass each other. And it's like, this is why Spinal Tap is so amazing because it picks up on those really poignant moments in the music industry so spinal tap available from all good retailers i do actually have the dvd somewhere but whether or not i can actually find something to play it on in this day and age it's another matter so i have to download it i I? literally am demanding a text from you over the weekend to confirm that you have (laughs) you have viewed spinal tap i need to do the reviewing uh did you come from a stalk or a crow then um I came from, I came from a crow that flies in seven eight. Right, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so hence your love of prog was cemented forever. I think that um, a love of prog, like for me, um, 
my, my, my I remember like my first ever favorite band was Blondie when I was about six and I really like Rapture because I really like the, the, the bells and stuff I thought it was cool that Debbie Harry was like rapping in the middle of a kind of pop tune um, and then my dad got me into Vangelis and then I got into like Drowning Pool and Led Zeppelin and all of those things merged and they created Dream Theater um, so yeah so they well although Dream Theater were my favorite band until Portnoy left, but actually Portnoy leaving allowed me to hone in on other bands that I love at the moment. And there are there are just, I mean, even doing this thing, this Heavy Hooks playlist for Spotify, there are so many bands. There are so, as you know, like it's it's like a, a constant influx of rock and metal, and it's such an exciting time as well. Well, we are out of time, sadly, but oh, ne- <laughs> throw out throw out one name that we have to go listen to. Um, I would well, say um, Florence Black. So there's a duo called Nova Twins who rock. Um, they are rap. They are metal, and they and are they're girls and they're girls as well. So um, they are they are really flying the flag for girl power, and they're actually better than the Spice Girls too. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Ollie, and we will see you all again next week. Uh, have a nice week. Bye. Bye, I love you. Bye. <laughs>